0: Well, I invite you to turn to our scripture passage this morning. It is 2 Corinthians 11. If you have the the Black Bible, you'll find it on page 969. 969. 2 Corinthians 11, you can read 1 through 15 together. In our study of the book, we've been—we've just entered into the final uh, section of Paul's letter. It's a section where Paul gets really uh, passionate and intentional about defending his own uh, apostolic ministry uh, because it's under attack. Uh, those in, in Corinth, the church in Corinth, is, has seen these these rival leaders, these false apostles come in and. And they've had a real degree of sway. And, and there's uh, not just uh, the church in, in, in danger of turning away from Paul, but since Paul is an authorized representative of Jesus and his gospel, they're in danger of turning away from Christ. Uh, and so Paul's forced to defend uh, his, his ministry and defend the gospel uh, by, uh, by some passionate exhortation, even a little bit of sarcasm. You'll hear that uh, here as well. Uh, And we'll we'll pick up this section at the beginning of chapter 11. So let's, let's read together verses 1 through 15. I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me, for I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaim, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel than the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Indeed, I consider that I am not in the least inferior to these super-apostles, Even if I am unskilled in speaking, I am not so in knowledge. Indeed, in every way, I made this plain to you in all things. Or or did I commit sin in humbling myself so that you might be exalted? Because I preached God's gospel to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by accepting support from them in order to serve you. Uh, And when I was with you and was in need, did I burden anyone? For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my need, so I refrained, and and will refrain, from burdening you. In any way, as the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be silenced in the regions of Achaia. And why? Because I do not love you? God knows I do. Uh, And what I am doing, I will continue to do, in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission they work on the same terms as we do. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder even Satan disguises himself uh, as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds." Pray for God's word, Lord. We we thank you for providing your word, for revealing your truth, and we pray that you would give us as your as your servants uh, ears to hear, uh, Lord, that we might rejoice in what is true and have that peace and safety uh, in your gospel. Uh, even praying to you, for your work this morning, we ask it in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. <coughs> So there's some circumstances in life where uh, going with an imitation is not a bad idea. Uh, In fact, it can have some advantages. Uh, I remember one of my my kids coming back from a thrift store trip and and touting their their new jacket and and saying, I don't have to worry about going out in the rain because it's fake leather. It works out well. Uh, Or or maybe you've you've had the, the imitation Girl Scout cookies from Aldi. They're great. And they cost about a third of the price. Uh, So, certain occasions, going with the fake, going with the imitation, no big deal at all. Uh, You don't even have to worry about whether you can tell the difference. I mean, who cares? But there are other cases where you really should care. Where it makes a very big difference. Uh, can, can, you, can you imagine uh, going in for the consultation for your appendectomy and, and learning that the, the doctor is a uh, fake? Uh, you know, I, I didn't go to med school, but I watched a lot of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it does make a difference sometimes. What about with the gospel? Uh, what is, is, a, is a faux gospel? a fake imitation gospel? Is that a big deal? Uh, Is that in the Aldi cookie category? Uh, Or or is it something like a a fake doctor that could kill you? Uh, Well, the first thing we have to understand is, is it important? And then, if it is important, well, then we've got to be able to spot the difference, spot what a fake actually looks like. And I think our passage helps us in in both those things. Uh, You'll notice that Paul speaks about imitations. He does it explicitly in verse 4, where he, he talks about another Jesus, a different spirit, a different gospel. Uh, so you see, there's, there's these, there are these fakes, these imitations that have, that have crept into the Corinthian church. And the Corinthians need to be able to uh, first know that it's really important for them uh, to pay attention. And second, how to know the difference. How to know the difference. And it's the same with us today. The world hasn't changed the dangers to the church really haven't changed. Uh, the dangers uh, of, of a, a, a faux gospel, a fake imitation gospel. Let's start there. Let's talk about the dangers. Uh, is there danger here? Should the, should the Corinthians be on on their guard? Well, here are these uh, here are these rival leaders. They're they're hanging around, and the Corinthians are kind of putting up with them. Uh, and uh, yeah, okay, they're saying some stuff that maybe is not too wise. Is it isn't really a big deal, Paul? Like, you know, we're just, is uh, it really a big deal? Well, Paul apparently thinks it's a very big deal, as does the Holy Spirit writing through Paul. Uh, you, you, you get the sense that it's a big deal, first, from Paul's tone. Uh, from Paul's tone. Um, take verse 1. Uh, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. Uh, right, here's Paul, he, he manages... Uh, to be both self-deprecating and sarcastic at the very same time. Uh, he, he wants to kind of wake, wake the, the Corinthians up a little bit. Uh, I really don't want to be foolish, but I'm going to be foolish. Are you paying attention? Uh, and he uses the language, bear with me. Uh, he uses that same word again in verse 4. As he's talking about, uh, you put up with readily enough. You bear with this false gospel. Uh, and, and he says, oh, oh, you who bear with the false gospel, would you put up with me? And a little foolishness. Right? He he's, he's, has this, this uh, kind of uh, sneaky but sharp tone. Uh, he comes out again, for example, in verse 5 when he talks about the super apostles. He's being sarcastic. Yeah. How about those super apostles? Um, but just in case they're not, they're not kind of shocked by his tone, uh, he gets uh, also explicit about the danger in the, in the comparisons that he uses, uh, the analogies that he uses. Uh, so he compares verse 3, the situation in Corinth, to the situation of Eve in the garden. Right? Verse 3, For I'm, fra- I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere devotion to Christ. Don't you get it, Corinthians? Uh, your situation is as serious and dangerous as Eve in the garden. Uh, that situation that ended up with breaking the world that God made into, into sin and death. And yes, that's serious, Corinthians. Are uh, you paying attention? Uh, he comes back to Satan at the end of the passage, where in 13 to 14, he compares these, uh, these rival teachers uh, to, to Satan. Right, Satan masquerade, masquerades as an angel of light, and so do these guys. Right? Can you see, Corinthians? Uh, this is serious. Right? Paul, with his tone and with the comparisons he, he uses, trying to uh, get them to see this is this is not the Aldi cookie category. Who cares if it's an imitation? This is this is no. This is really serious. Now, this is deadly serious. Uh, that, that genuine believers in Corinth or, or genuine believers in New Jersey uh, need, to, need to pay attention because there are uh, false gospels out there uh, and it's easy to be deceived. Uh, we need to pay attention. Uh, false gospels that could, could come in a, in a more official way, maybe like in Corinth, uh, a, a teacher arrives and, and starts uh, teaching from, from the front of the room, uh, or maybe a, a teacher arrives on the scene in the form of a, uh, the latest book or the, or the newest podcast that everybody's fascinated with. Um, right, right. Is that, is that the real thing or is that an imitation? Uh, it's serious. Um, sometimes it comes, the, the dangers come in, in that more official way. Uh, but when it comes to false gospels, sometimes there's a danger in just an everyday practical gospel that we tend to believe. Uh, so here, it's not as much what's being taught on a on a Sunday morning, uh, but what are we tending to grab onto on a stressful Monday afternoon? Uh, here, like your uh, your essential gospel, your your working gospel. It's that stressful Monday afternoon, and you're trying to get yourself through, and you're you're looking around for something to kind of grab onto as like this is going to bring me hope. This is why I'm safe, even though this is really stressful. Uh, this is why I'm okay. Well, well, what are you grabbing onto? Whatever you grab onto, that's your gospel, practically speaking. Is it the real thing? Or is it fake? Well, uh, we can then uh, continue in the passage and start to see how Paul gives us clues to how to actually recognize an invitation when we, when we see it. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll put these characteristics in the form of some questions. They're there in your outline. Um, first question, does it divert from devotion to Christ? Does it divert from devotion to Christ? Here, uh, verses 2 and 3. So Paul says, I feel a divine jealousy for you. For since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ... Uh, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Uh, so Paul picks up a picture from his uh, from everyday life back in the day, uh, that of, of, a, uh, of, of a betrothal, a marriage betrothal, um, if, you're, if you're wondering. I don't think Paul here is, is giving a procedure for Christian courtship. That's not his point. His point is to just take an everyday thing and and connect it to the reality in Jesus. Uh, So the reality, or the the everyday thing, was the ancient, uh, how ancient marriages work. uh, And that was, it started with betrothal, which is kind of like being engaged, but much more serious. Uh, And in the day, part of what a betrothal was, uh, was a a father agreeing to a marriage proposal uh, and promising... Uh, that 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 the father would make sure that the the bride was 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 kept pure uh, until the wedding day. That was part of it. He was gonna he was gonna protect her purity until the wedding day, and that was part of the, part of the promise of the of the betrothal. That's the picture that Paul is using, and he's putting himself as as the father. He says, "I'm, I'm a kind of father to you," uh, and 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 there's a, a there's a betrothal an engagement. Uh, to one husband, Jesus, right? We're 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 in, uh, the bride of Christ, and in a real sense that that marriage is uh, it comes to fruition in fullness when Jesus returns, right? The marriage supper of the Lamb and all that. But now he says, "You Corinthians, you're you're betrothed to Christ, you're engaged to Christ." He's here. I am like a like a jealous father. I'm going to I've had this task of of preserving a pure devotion to Christ uh, that's his job as, as as the apostle as a one who's called to encourage and, and shepherd them and he says verse 3 but I'm afraid I'm afraid that you've you've been deceived that your, your thoughts are leading you astray from pure devotion uh, to this husband you're betrothed to, to Christ uh, now notice how in the midst of this Paul gives us then uh, a way to spot a false gospel uh, a way to spot a false gospel. He doesn't give us, uh, at least here, uh, the theological details of what's false. Uh, right? Here's what's true and here's what's false. Uh, it, it, though he does that uh, in, in various places. But here he's talking about, you spot a false gospel in part by its impact. You know it's a fake uh, by its impact. Uh, it, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if the... If the if the cookie tastes terrible, oh, well, well, maybe I shouldn't have used that imitation vanilla uh, because it had this impact. The cookie just doesn't taste right. Maybe I should have used the real thing. Right. Uh, and, and that's kind of what he's getting at here. Uh, notice the, the impact. Uh, and if it's having an awful impact, maybe it's because you're going with a fake. And the impact here is you're being led away from a pure devotion to Christ. Uh, being led away from a, a pure devotion to the Lord, so this is, it becomes this kind of way to recognize in the details. What's the impact? Um, is this leading me closer to Jesus or further away from him? And so maybe uh, it, it's it's that that teacher or you know the, the latest book, the latest podcast, somebody at the front of the room, and you're all excited about this this teaching, and you're really really into it, and. You know, Okay, well, is it leading you closer to Jesus or further away from him? What's the impact that it's having? Uh, if it's leading you further away, that tastes like an imitation. Uh, you can do the same thing. Uh, you can do the same thing with that uh, that, that Monday afternoon gospel, uh, right? The, the kind of the working gospel that you, there's the stressful situation and you're looking for something to, okay, this is my hope and joy and Uh, Okay, the things you look to in stressful times, is it leading you uh, uh, to trust Christ more, uh, or to turn away from Christ? You look at the impact that something is having, and it helps you uh, go back and see, well, underneath, maybe there's an ingredient that's a fake. Uh, Maybe it's a fake gospel that I have bought into, because it's leading away from Christ. Uh, Well, secondly, uh, we can ask ourselves, is anything different? Is anything different? Here, verse 4 is helpful. Paul says, For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Um, You look at it and say, is anything different? Uh, all right, kids, I, I, I have something to show you. I brought some money with me. I brought some money, and see, so got, I got a 50 here, and here's a 10, and there's, a, I think, a 20 here, and I was thinking about buying something really cool. What do you think? Should I do it? Is it going to work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work, is it? Right? No. Why is it going to work? It's not money. It's, it's Yeah, it's, it's fake. How did you know this was fake? Probably because you've seen what real money looks like, and this looks different, and this looks different. Right? You know what the real thing looks like, and you say, "No, no, no this is different. This is different." And and that's what Paul says about about the gospel. Uh, if you're if you're you want to know what what's an imitation? You just kind of hold it up to the real thing and say, "Is anything different? Is anything different?" Paul, Paul talks about uh, if anything is different than the Jesus we proclaimed. Now, as he talks about the one we proclaimed, he's not he's not tooting his own horn like you know I'm I'm the best. Uh, it's because he's an apostle of Jesus. He's uh, he has gotten his gospel straight from Jesus. He makes that point in Galatians. Uh, As he tells the Galatian church, right, even if an angel from heaven preaches a different gospel uh, than the one we gave you. And then he quickly says, yeah, not that our gospel was from men, right, that Paul made it up or something like that. Uh, He says, I got it from Jesus. He even talks about going and and talking with Peter and the other apostles, right, same gospel. They got it from Jesus too, same Jesus, right? So when he talks about the gospel we proclaimed, it's it's because he got it from the Lord. Uh, It's the authentic one. Uh, and again, you know, it just says, okay, well, take take this Jesus, and is this one anything different? Uh, or or this spirit is, there, is this anything different? Or or this gospel, is this anything uh, anything different? Uh, and of course, the one Paul preached, the one the other apostles preached, it's it's what we have written down now in, in the pages of the New Testament. Uh, this is the Jesus of your Bible. Uh, this is the Jesus of, uh, of of the New Testament. The Gospel of your of the Scriptures. That's the genuine one. That's the one Paul preached. That's the one Peter preached. And that's the one Jesus gave them. And so you spot a fake uh, by holding it up uh, to the Jesus of your Bible and the gospel of your Bible and say, Is anything different? Uh, is anything different? That's the way uh, to spot to spot a fake. And the Corinthians needed to do it. Even though the religious leaders there in, in Corinth were using some of the same language. They were talking about Jesus. That's the implication of what Paul's saying in verse 4. They were talking Jesus. They were talking gospel. They were talking spirit. Yeah, but is it the same? same okay, language is similar, but is it the same one? And Paul encourages them, hold on. Right? Is it a fake? Is it different? Is there anything different? Um, this year actually marks the 100th anniversary of, of the publishing of probably one of the most important books that's been written in recent, uh, in recent history. Uh, it's the book Christianity and Liberalism. Uh, it's by J. Gresham Machin. Uh, some of you might know that Machin became one of the fathers of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. But before that happened, uh, a hundred years ago, here he was looking at the church in his day, the broader mainline church and that he was a part of and, and being increasingly worried uh, that that people were buying into a false gospel, uh, that that what was being taught was a different Jesus, now, and essentially what he does in that in that book uh, is he is he takes uh, he takes what's being preached in his day uh, theological liberalism you could call it or modernism, and and he holds it up to the the Jesus of Scripture the gospel of Scripture just, essentially second corinthians 11 let's compare them okay everybody talks about jesus everybody talks about bible everybody talks about gospel but are they different right they're they they're talking about jesus uh but is it the same jesus is it jesus who came uh, and humbled himself to bear our sin and rescue us from sin and death to be the savior that we desperately need uh, or is it this jesus he's a good person um be like him be like jesus the same one, uh, or or gospel? It's all a separate chapter. Gospel. What what gospel is it? Is it the gospel of Christ crucified, the gospel of Jesus dying for our sins and rising again from the dead for uh, for our justification, uh, or is it the the gospel of you're good, so go do good things and make the world a good place? Uh, are they the same? It sounds different. And he makes that case uh, down through the uh, down through the book. This is different. Coming to the conclusion that it's not just a fake. In fact, coming to the conclusion that uh, that this this different thing is actually a completely different religion. Um, that even though there's the same language, Jesus, gospel, etc., uh, it's actually a completely different faith uh, because because it's different. It's not the Jesus of Scripture. It's not the Jesus the gospel of Scripture. Uh, and and the reason why that book is relevant 100 years later is because generations have uh, have looked back and said, "Hey, well, this, this is if it was, it was written yesterday." Uh, we're still wrestling with these things. Uh, well, yeah, they wrestled with it back in Corinth. Uh, it's 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 the threat of every generation uh, that that new teaching comes in, maybe in an official way, uh, right? The the, the the latest book or podcast that you're excited about, or 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 some teacher who comes in up front. Um, Or maybe it's that practical gospel, the thing we're tempted to, to, in everyday life, on a Monday afternoon, uh, put our hope in. Uh, There's always this temptation that it might come in religious language, but actually be a fake. So how do you know? Well, set it side by side with the real gospel of scripture and say, is there anything different? Is there anything different? Um, Finally, now you can spot a fake by asking this question. Does it exalt self? Does it exalt self? This helps us uh, uh, work through the rest of the passage. So, for example, five and six. Indeed, I consider that I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even if I am unskilled in speaking. I am not so in knowledge. Indeed, in every way you have made this plain, Uh, we have made this plain to you in all things. So here's part of the, the foolishness that Paul says, bear with me, uh, is he's he's going to play the comparison game. Uh, you know, essentially, you force me into it. Uh, these 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 false apostles they want to play comparison. Okay, uh, I'll buy into it. I'll play comparison, uh, and and he goes to some of the things that are being uh, reasons aspects that these rival leaders are comparing with Paul. Uh, these super apostles. Uh, so one of their claims, one of their claims is the claim about public speaking, uh, and, and and the claim that Paul is not a very impressive speaker. Uh, now back in back in Paul's day, in in sophisticated cities like Corinth, uh, the ability to use uh, fancy rhetoric and oratory was a very big deal, right? In, in the days before YouTube, this is how you went viral. Uh, this is how you became an influencer in a big city like this. You were able to use this ornate, persuasive, powerful, polished rhetoric and oratory, the public speaking ability, you, you'd win the crowds. You'd go viral in that city. Uh, and and here, are these, here are these rival leaders that say, have you listened to Paul? He, he's not impressive at all. He's not impressive at all. He's such a lightweight, unlike us, the super apostles. Then, verses 7 to 11, here's another comparison that comes in. It's the fact that Paul refuses to get paid by the Corinthians for his gospel work among them. Uh, Now, this isn't something he does all the time, uh, but he makes a point of it in Corinth. And instead of getting paid by the Corinthians, uh, he works with his hands to support himself. You might know he, he manufactured tents for sale. Uh, with his own hands, menial labor, in order to support himself. So he, the Corinthians didn't, uh, didn't monetarily support him. He says, verse 9, there were other times where it was uh, other churches from other regions, Macedonia, uh, who would send money to care for his needs. Uh, all of this so that he could offer and present the gospel to the Corinthians free of charge. The point being that he's giving them and really emphasizing, apparently they really needed to hear it, uh, that this gospel was free. It was all about free grace. It was all about what Christ did for you, and you don't pay for anything uh, because Christ's powerful work rescues and saves, and he's highlighting that by how he preaches. Uh, And he's being attacked for it. So, verse 7 Or did I commit a sin? In humbling myself so that you might be exalted, because I preached God's gospel free of charge. Right? So, so the, the false teachers are attacking Paul. Can you see Paul? Uh, he's he's not even he's not even worth getting paid for this, right? Because again, if you're one of those fancy speakers in the day, uh, you, you demonstrated how how skilled you were and how good you were. You got paid for. Uh, and that demonstrated your greatness. Uh, and here, these teachers be like, "Yeah, Paul, Paul didn't get paid for that." Um, you, maybe, maybe you think of if I if I went up to Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts and said, "You know, Jalen, I I throw the football around too." <laughs> yeah, he gets forty-four million dollars to throw the football around. Nobody's paying me a dime to throw a football, around. right? And uh, that says something. And that's the argument that these that these uh, these rival apostles are using. Paul, so unimpressive. He's not even gonna pay for it. Now, add to that that the work that he's doing was viewed as humiliating, right? In those in those sophisticated circles, to do blue collar manual labor was viewed as as, as just low and. Ugh. You know, do you really want to want to have a you know that kind of guy as your apostle? You know, you can almost hear them saying, "Really, you want to introduce this guy to your friends, Corinthians?" All right, here's 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 my pastor, here's my apostle. He's the guy in the dirty apron uh, over there making tents. I nobody's going to be impressed with that. But if we were your apostles, yeah. that's the argument that they're using. And Paul actually here uses that as a way, turning it around, to actually say, yeah, that's not, they're attacking me for it. But it's those very things that don't actually point to the fact uh, that, that I'm in the wrong, but actually help to verify uh, that it's they who, are, who have turned aside to falsehood. Uh, Paul says, I did this on purpose in verse 11, because I love you. Uh, it, it's highlighting the fact that Paul is saying is true. We'll get more to Paul's boasting uh, next week, but here you can see how this, this fits in with this theme of a different gospel. Well, one of the ways that you can help to spot a fake uh, is, again, by asking, what's the, what's the impact? Uh, and here, the specific impact of, does it exalt self? Right, because here's here's the gospel. That's all about God's free grace. Right, we don't deserve any of it. We are sinners. Now we're those who are headed for judgment, and God, in His mercy, through the work of His Son, rescues us by bearing our sin, and we receive it as a, as a free gift. Right, we have this this peace and this life, but it comes to us free. We don't contribute anything, right? The only thing we contribute uh, is the sin that makes it necessary. And that's our salvation. That's the good news of the gospel. Uh, so if if that's the gospel that you're, you're building your life on, uh, a, a, a Christian life built on that, well, it's not going to be perfect. But it should have a kind of scent of humility, It should have that that smell of humility. And what Paul's kind of saying is, are you smelling these guys? Because everything they're doing, what their Christian life looks like, it's all about building up self. Puffing up self. Uh, The way they're doing the Christian ministry, the Christian life. Uh, it's look how impressive i look look how good i look better than him look how amazing i am and paul says can you, you know can, can you kind of smell it this is something's off here uh something's off here you, you see the red flags corinthians um if the gospel really is the true gospel then it gives us peace but it's a peace that humbles us um you want to spot a false gospel uh, well, you can, you can ask that question. Does it exalt self? Does it puff up self? Right? So if it, if it is the, the author, the teacher, the pastor, and you, can, you can say, well, well, where is it going? Is it, is it ending up making them look wonderful at the end of the day? That's a big, big red flag. That doesn't smell right. Um, the same for, for yourself. Again, go back to the, the stressful Monday afternoon, when you're kind of looking for something, okay, this will keep me safe. Well, if in that process, as you're looking for peace, your, your kind of practical gospel, uh, if that thing you, you reach for uh, ends up making you look good well, well at least, at least I, I look good here. I look good better than this person. or if it, if it has the flavor of uh, "I wish I was." good better impressive if it has any of those characteristics that's a red flag you're trusting in the wrong thing uh, if you're trusting in the wrong thing it's actually better than that because uh, those puff yourself up that, that always that pride always leads to a fall that doesn't last that doesn't help uh, that's a fake but the true gospel yes it humbles us but it's actual life it's actual peace that lasts uh, it's, uh, it's good news so can you spot a fake a, a, a faux gospel an imitation gospel yes it's, it's serious uh, it's the difference between life and death uh, the real thing and the imitation uh, can we spot it can we, can we spot it if it were up here can you spot it out there could you spot it in here how would you know? Well, here's some questions to ask. Does it have an impact that, that just doesn't smell right or taste right? Uh, an impact that diverts away from pure devotion to Christ? Or, or an impact that exalts self as opposed to uh, exalting Christ and humbling uh, self? Uh, and, and is it anything different? Uh, is it, if held up to the Gospel of Scripture, is it, is it different? Uh, and and if you spot uh, the, a fake, if you you see some of those red flags, right? You you run from it, and you run to the real Jesus, uh, knowing that that's good news, because that's 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 real, that's real peace, that's real safety. Yeah, it humbles us, uh, but that's a good thing, uh, because in exalting Christ, uh, we end up exalted with Him, connected with Him, uh, because uh, not of what we do. Because of what he's done, uh, there's the real thing. There's real life. So let's pray. Father, thank you for for the good news of of what you've done for your son. We we thank you that there uh, is is your heart and glory in the good news. Uh, what Christ has done for us, we pray, Lord, that you would give us an increasing uh, faith and trust and peace in that in that good news, uh, and that the the lies we're tempted to believe, Lord, they would they would be exposed, uh, and they they would fade away from our hearts, uh, even as we know you better and better and walk with you more and more. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name.